Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers, but we never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So to get our butts in a seat and our hands on a pen, we are issuing a challenge. Each week we sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story sent in, um, written by you wonderful listeners, and then we talk about stories sent in by the rest of y'all. Mm-hmm, 100% on the mark. Hey, we're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof a media, doof production. media production. So I have I have two anecdotes to start off. Um, two of them. To just, just to kick, kick, kick things going. One is actually writing related, so I'll start off with that one, which is, um, so I was uh, applying for jobs. Oh, and yeah oh yeah truly and this one uh was asking for a lot of like writing tests like it was asking me to answer like special questions it was like really quirky and whatever anyway one of the ones near the end it asked me to um to uh, write a story under the length of a tweet okay oh uh okay. which is a bit hard but it was okay That's i can, like I can work with characters? this yeah. yeah it's not too bad it was like you know what i'm gonna go a little bit meta i'm gonna do uh, Hemingway's six word story right and I'm gonna Ooh. play with it a little bit right and so I spent a while thinking about it but you know you know his six word story right most people have heard of it it's the one that goes um, for sale baby shoes never worn which is so tragic because yeah, yeah. implies there was a so miscarriage right yeah. or something like that it's horrible horrible um, and so I was gonna play on it and I asked a friend ask if this was okay because I'm playing off of you know about a baby death and so I'm wondering like is mm-hmm. this acceptable but uh what I ended up writing was um for or uh, not for sale um new kicks super sick you can't have them or something like that <laughs> okay uh, yeah. like they're mine and then the idea because it was like a marketing agency the idea mm-hmm. is that like oh you would put your your shoes and then people would want to buy them because it's it's funny, but also you're playing off a, of a dead baby story, so maybe it wouldn't be that good. Anyway, so I took a long time to write that, mm-hmm. and then I so I hit enter. I was like, hell yeah, got a good one. And then it just asked me to write another story, and I was like, fuck. What? Then, this, then this, yeah. the, the second one won't be special. Exactly. So it took a long time. I wrote a, a story. It was not as, as meta as the first one. And then the next question was, do a, a three-minute video talking... And explaining why why you're so good and stuff, and I was like, okay, well that's a whole that's thing. That's a lot. <laughs> so I didn't do it. Um, the yeah. other thing, <laughs> the other thing, other anecdote. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, uh, this is Alexandra time to talk. Um, so uh, I started HRT recently. Um, I think mm-hmm. I told you this, right? I don't know yeah. if, how much I talked about it on the podcast, but that's cool. Um, but one thing that they don't tell you in school. In, in driving class when you're in the 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 transgender I was I was like trying to think of a transformer for like yeah, driving because um, cars and then anyway transitron? Uh, just just kind of picture like a funny joke there anyway um when you take HRT there's a bunch of different ways to take it it could be like patches it could be injections you know but they usually start Tablets. you off with it orally right and um it's a lot better and a lot more efficient if instead of swallowing swallowing the uh uh estradiol 
instead mm-hmm. you put it under your tongue so it's absorbed by like directly into your bloodstream right oh nice um so it's supposed to sit under your tongue until it dissolves however for some people like me uh whenever we do that we just make a fuck ton of saliva so we end up like swallowing it anyway basically because it just dissolves mm. and then we we <laughs> drink our saliva so what you're supposed to do or one alternative is that you put it between your teeth and your cheek right you sort of tuck it in there uh until you know it, it all gets absorbed right um mm-hmm. so basically uh, every morning i walk around with like a pill of estradiol in front in of my teeth. in my front teeth but, but like in my my lower lip between my teeth and my upper lip so it's basically like i'm doing estradiol dip is what i'm yeah. trying to get at <laughs> it sounds like it's you're just, chewing dip it's, it's exactly like chewing dip and i wonder mm. actually you know only so much of it actually gets absorbed because some of it gets dissolved by saliva and i do drink that even if there's less so like probably a better way for me to get it directly into my bloodstream is if I like crush the estradiol and then like put it into mm. some dip because the yes. dip has like little pieces of the glass or whatever, so you you get yeah, little cuts, right? Yeah. And so it, it absorbs. So I would get nicotine and estradiol at the same time, and I think that's a win-win. So yeah. uh, that might that, be the next thing I do. Yeah, that like sounds like a, uh, a cocktail that that you know you would get at, mm-hmm. at a party. Mm-hmm. Um. But I wonder would they would they sell more uh, vials of dip because you know of course uh, I don't know who's out here really buying dip that seems like such a such a baseball game thing to to it's, do it's a southern you know? thing sometimes like a white trash kind of so. thing yeah yeah you know you you have a big old lip you know you 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 shove the the dip in it but I wonder would it sell more if it did have like bits of estradiol in there i think i think there would be a market for it i think there's a lot of southern femboys that um you know they they need to be well yeah they need their fix and they you know they can't come out to their family but if they're seen as you know chewing dip they're also you know being cool to their family and stuff right mm-hmm, so yeah. like it sort of balances out like you keep the self-image of being masculine while also actually feminizing yourself so i think that yeah, and you still get the beautiful brown dip teeth exactly uh, that every yeah. um every trans girl needs so uh this 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 week's <laughs> episode teeth. um sponsored by the the tobacco industry you're welcome yep sponsored by dip dip you know you want some <laughs> what a great great tagline you know i bet that actually has been used by some company oh probably probably um yeah have you have you heard that um apparently they're taking uh menthol cigarettes off of the market yeah because that was yeah. uh the big issue that we needed we needed more bands on stuff yeah yeah appreciate and, you that know, it's yeah, you know, after they raised up the uh, age from 18 to 21, uh, and, you know, after they stopped letting Jewel sell a, a whole bunch of fruity flavors, yeah, the next issue is not just, you know, the sheer amount of people of the younger generation uh, taking in vast amounts of uh, n- nicotine that definitely ruins their system and, and brain chemistry, but it's, it's those older, pesky menthol yeah. cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Um, truly 
Which I guess, you know, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> it builds, it creates um, crystals in, in in your young, uh, in your lungs. I get that. Um, I mean, that's kind of cool, to be honest. It's yeah. Cool, it's the the crystals like aspect, not the smoking yeah. cigarettes aspect. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, a lot of these... Uh, <laughs> A, uh, a, a, a a lot of these liberals love their crystals, you know, topaz and jasmine. Mm-hmm. And tell what them, if you have them the in your lungs? You carried around yeah. those good vibes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I and, you think know, that's a win. And, you know, maybe you can get like a um, like a uh, opal cigarette, so you so you start growing opals on the like inside, you know, for like for like good luck. Well, you know, uh, diamonds are flammable, so. Really? Yeah, because they're they're made of carbon. I have no idea how flammable they are, but there's a Wait, reason that they use on. lasers to cut them. Is because they it actually burns fairly easy, if I recall. Correctly. So I can take a lighter and set a diamond on fire. I, is that what you're telling me? I don't know if it works like that, but okay. if you put it in like a furnace, it will it will it'll fuck it up. I think mm. I don't know. It's the point is that it's made of carbon. That's all I know, really. Yeah. Um, which is the Carbon same thing spill. as coal, if if y'all didn't know. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I would, I would, I would like. Okay, even though it would definitely kill me, right? Uh huh. I think if I could get a hold of like a gl- a, a a cup of liquid diamond, mm-hmm. I might have to drink that. That's what. Be- okay, because like, ha- okay, have have you ever wanted to like eat or drink something that you know you shouldn't? I guess that's right? true. I I've said before I would really love if I had like that superpower just to eat anything because I yes. feel like the texture of just like you know like a game controller that that plastic you know I feel like there would be mm. something really satisfying if you bit into that and it just kind of gave way you know? Yeah. As a kid, I like always wanted to like break open like 10 of those like old time uh thermometers and like gather all of those like tiny uh mercury balls uh-huh. and then just like put Slurp those them. in my mouth yeah <laughs> and, like, sw- I feel like, like they, would, them around. they would yeah they would melt in your mouth literally so oh that that's kind of cool yeah. yeah um that's also like how more than a dozen or something Chinese emperors died. So what? Yeah, they, they were just eat mercury. Yeah, well, because uh, mercury is one of the elements of like eternity or something. Um, like like a metal. <laughs> sure. so, same thing with gold. And so mm, they would eat a gold. lot of the elixirs to eternal life had mercury in them, and then they, they would die because it's bad for you. <laughs> so. It happened a lot, like a lot. Like I I can recall three specific examples, and I'm sure there were more. And although one of them was kind of embarrassing, I I mean, in a in a ha ha kind of way, um, yeah, (laughs) where uh, they were actually uh, mercury suppositories. Oh no! Yeah, and I killed (laughs) them. I mean, fool me once, right? Uh huh. But. After the first emperor died, wouldn't you think they would, like, investigate as to why? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he died uh, right after he drank this elixir to eternal life. Well, I think, I think they did figure out that that elixir to eternal life was not 
something that worked. However, I don't think they realized that Why? it was the mercury that was. I mean, it mm. also was some of the other stuff they they put in there. Um, I don't remember what the other ones are, but yeah, they're not they're not all good. So yeah, well, actually, one of them literally caused the collapse of an of an empire. Um, the Qin really? Dynasty just totally fell apart because the emperor died. Died <laughs> uh, from yeah. And then we got the Han Dynasty, which is sort of like the Golden Age. Um, so mm, I guess it was kind of good. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Ooh, maybe. What if it was a time traveler uh-huh. who went back in time and killed the leader of the Qin Dynasty, mm-hmm. knowing that the Han Dynasty would create so much great art? And he did it by putting mercury in these elixirs to eternal life. That if he hadn't have put that stuff in there, would have actually given these mm. these emperors eternal life. You got a good point. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to ask someone in the future. All right, let's Poisoning get into the paradise. actual uh, episode. What do you think? Oh, yeah. So, um, this episode is another great, fantastic, do the right thing episode. Of course, as we said, uh, every other week in uh-huh. this month, this month's theme is villains. So, we're going to talk about and read Really great stories that involve villains. I don't know what you mean every other week, but y- yeah. Well, every like every, just last every week, week of the year, every week. Yes, I guess I that is say the term. Other. Yes, you you are right okay. as always. Um, but uh, the words for this week that our wonderful listeners used to write fantastic stories were bundle, chip, joke, and champion. Uh, that's right, and um, there were some wonderful stories. Uh, I'm thinking um, of reading uh, Blari three four five story. Sure, sure. This fantastic story we will be reading and talking about this week is by Blari three four five with. Come on, no, you're fine. Come on, baby. We're we're already cutting it. It's not a big deal if there's a a big pause or a small pause. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> With a fate written. Alright, I'll get into it. I looked up at the stars as I grasped the last handhold and finally pulled myself onto flat ground, the small, chipped rock I was carrying digging into my palm. The rock and ice under my fingers was burning cold, even worse than the thin, bitter air that blew ceaselessly at the top of the mountain. The top was about the area of twelve tables and slightly angled. Pushing against the wind, I crossed to the upper edge and looked out at the clouds below and the mountain peaks jutting through them, glowing faintly from the stars far above. The stars, countless generations of people had looked to them for meaning trying to know themselves, to know others, sometimes looking for the present or past, but mostly looking to the future, trying to see what was to come, their destiny, their fate. It was pointless. I knew the sky was empty of meaning. It was impossible to predict the future, to see your fate. The stars were just distant, burning balls of gas. The only meaning was what we put there ourselves. Taking the stone that I had taken from lower on the mountain, I pressed a smear of dried blood onto a scrap of paper against the rock. It stuck instantly in the cold. Smiling, 
I reached up to the sky, rock cupped in my hand, fingers splayed pointing upward, the stone resting at the base of both of my palms. Altan of Leonava, with your name and blood you are known to me, I proclaimed. I breathed in, the air biting deeply in my chest. You have tried to entrap me, to end my existence. By doing this, you have wronged me and those beholden to me. Looking up, I saw the constellations that men had traced across the sky and picked the ones I wanted. I call on the mayor of discord. May all you attempt come to chaos and ruin. Dane, whose blade separates life from death, may yours find you soon. Finally, I call on the arrow of Leaf, the champion. May this fate come to pass swift and true. Stretching up with eyes closed, reaching as far as I could, I almost touched the stars. I did touch them, like a ghost of a spider web. I pulled down, opened my eyes, and saw the barest glimmer, as with more instinct than thought, and saw the barest glimmer. As with more instinct than thought, I bundled them about the rock and blood. Pressing my hands together, I focused, pressing power through everything, binding it together. The stars were empty of everything but the belief and power we invested in them. A blank slate where fate could be written by any who knew how. Though few did this anymore. I smiled again, deeper this time, as I placed the bound fate into a small cleft in the mountaintop. Alton would rue the day that he crossed me. All right, all right. Yeah, this is a really great story. I mean, I love these pros, you know, like they're they have this strong mystical um tone to them um along with being really deep in this imagery that's half ab abstract but it's sort of half very ritualistic you know and um you can tell that it's a part of this grander spell that this main character is grasping and and, and casting and and i do really love that that like last line that kind of really colors the the rest of it you know because at first you're getting this sense of it might be this sort of like pure mystical thing but then by the very end you realize oh this is done in spite this is done in in revenge and it kind of paints the rest of of these of the story in that same light to where when, when we go back and maybe read it for the second time we get a totally different reading of it. You know, we, we get a more sinister fear. Mm -hmm. Whereas first, we would have gotten this sort of mystical, purist feel to it. Sure. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I just thought it was really great. I I do, like, I I do feel that even though this, this main character, like, we don't really get a lot of this character, we do get enough of these actions that it does speak to a wider world um and sort of maybe where this character could possibly fit in so yeah really really great 
Yeah, um, I, I do really love the pros, as you said. Uh, um, I, I will say there, there's definitely, uh, as another commentator uh, pointed out and gave some examples, so thanks, Matt said words for that. Um, but uh, this could use some more punctuation and stuff, not necessarily just because grammatically incorrect or whatever, but specifically because adding um, distinct punctuation makes words flow a bit better i i basically mm-hmm. as i was reading i was sort of adding it in subconsciously um in my reading but uh in the actual text having those pauses and and distinct like you know ends of sentences starting a new sentence um i think makes those things flow better but uh yeah. the, some of the imagery that's that's described here like specifically the uh reaching towards the sky and sort of pulling yes. back a a um what was it called? A ghost of a spider web. Excellent, absolutely excellent. I lo- because I can truly feel how light of a touch that is, and mm-hmm. picture those stars being drawn down like that. So that was excellent imagery. I loved it. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and yeah, you know, I'm just like really sort of in entrapped with like the description of these movements. You know, like even though we aren't getting the most specific movements we get enough to where we can fill in the the blanks of the sort of elegance that the spell really does take and i think that really comes um across very well and i mean even though this this story is i would say missing that that uh, character you know mm-hmm. like and i want to talk about that i have i have specific yeah Um, yeah mm -hmm. and i mean even though it is sort of missing that right now i think that this is still a really great scene filled with this action right Mm -hmm. to where if this story was to go on longer or like even if we were to get more lead up in the in the beginning this would still be that drawing point for us i think it's accomplished really well yeah i think um specifically how this could be improved is you're right that sort of the the character and emotion and motivation i think is is was yes. lacking mm-hmm. um and it but i think it's kind of like there's just um there's straight up like a, a hole in it so it'd be, actually be very easy to slot something in is what i'm trying to to get at yeah so i think like like the the paragraph where he's um where this the the main character is talking about who they're they're cursing and at the very end um, I think just changing that into something more personal and with a stronger feeling, I think that's all you need. So, and there's a lot of options where uh, that could be, but any sort of like very strong conflict, and I would recommend even just something simple and and almost cliche, I, I think, mm-hmm. because those cliches are like, I mean, they're common for a reason because they're common human yeah. experiences, you know? Uh, maybe this main character is cursing their father, right? Or their brother, or... Um, an ex-lover, right, or someone that that stole their their lover from them, something like that, where it's like mm-hmm. this viscerally, it's something about betrayal, right? Um, I think would truly make a lot of this hit, right, of why they've climbed a mountain, and I think also, um, bringing out some more emotion and some of the the visceralness of, of this ritual. They, they climbed a mountain. That's one thing. So describing of them being exhausting or exhausted, and you know that like that rage has like powered them getting up here, or that bitterness alone. And then yes. they the dried blood. Maybe they they have to cut themselves for it, or they did cut themselves, or whatever else. Um, 
And they've clearly, yeah, they're putting a ton of effort into this. And I just want to get that feeling of why. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I'm i going to go back to that last uh, line, right? Like, that, that last line gave this story that purpose that, that we were really talking about, you know? It's, it gave us a reason as to why th- this is happening. And I feel that it's, it's good that that's the point, right? But the essence of that, that last statement, you know, Alton will, will rue this this day. I think instead of even saying that, taking that feeling and sprinkling it throughout mm-hmm. to where... They're maybe not even naming this 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 other person. Yeah, but actually, with, but I, with each movement, that's definitely it. Yeah, to, yeah, to not name them, make it more exactly. universal that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and with with each movement, we can get the reason for for that movement and how that links back to this main character. So, uh, when they reach up to the stars, are they reaching up with an with a strong fist, an angry fist, even though it is the, this sort of light touch? What is the feeling behind that touch? And I think really showing that depth can only make this this really great scene even better, you know, because like as is, it's really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as as we keep saying, the only thing that's missing that 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 grasping um, grip really is the intention. If we know why these movements are important before they happen, then we are more able to really retained what what is really happening here so that so that in instead of us feeling like oh that is nice we feel like oof that's that's gonna do this and like oh him grasping up to to the stars as him calling this this power for this this and that wow alton is really gonna rue the rue, rue the day that he crossed this this character without even the story itself telling us this you know uh, you know of course going back show not tell show us the these feelings behind these these movements so you don't feel the need to tell us at the very end uh, yeah i think uh show versus tell or, or i think uh adding those things in and then and showing them i think is definitely the right way um i think also if you were just to um, like another example of what that last line could be is just mm-hmm. instead of he'll rue the day, which is just kind of a statement of this is an act of revenge rather than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Changing that to something and again, like, keeping the name out of it. So it's still more like universal, even just pronouns, I think is all you need sometimes. Um, yeah. Or a just a normal noun like brother, right? Or whatever, um, but if he had it like, he would rue the day he took her from me, right, or something like yeah. that. I think that's even enough to really add in that hint of that that feeling of betrayal and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, definitely something that's just giving us more in that last mm-hmm. line because this is the punctuation to this really great prose that that you're building, right? So how you end it is just as important as how you begin it and, and how it follows through. You know, like uh, when you hit that that baseball bat, it's it's about the wind up, but it's about following through and hitting it on its mark. And I think that this story has a great wind up and it has a solid follow through. I just feel 
adding those extra bits will put more power behind this swing so you can get that home run you know that's a very strong sports ball metaphor i love it thank you i don't watch any sports me neither Uh, (laughs) um uh, for another thing that I, i did really like i do really like the um uh as one commenter i think nick you mentioned uh the philosophizing i i quite like it there's there's a really good flow to it um the uh part talking about how uh the only meaning in the stars is that that we put them um that that we put there ourselves i think that's really really Mm -hmm. good i think um and you don't have to turn into a longer story. This is it's just a common thing. But um, that's a, I, I think even exploring that further of talking mm-hmm. about constellations or whatever, I think that's a, a great example of how we put uh, more meaning into them. And I, I, I really like how um, it's literalized in this, putting that meaning into uh, the stars of this sort of curse. Um, yeah, I liked it. It's cool. Um, I think that is all I have for this story. Uh, but thank you so much for sending it in, Blari three four five. That was a fate uh, written. Um, yeah, and yeah, please, please, great, great feeling. Continue sending in stories. We appreciate that you started joining us. There, we appreciated. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us a while ago. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. <laughs> uh, and thanks it. for continuing to write with us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you so much uh, for writing in and allowing us to read this really strong story. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, I think it's high time to roll on into the bulk of this podcast, which is the listener submitted story section. So, um, thank you so much to the to the stories we are going to be talking about this week, which are uh, stuck in stuck in Reddit factory, Jarby Jazz, uh, Nick You, Matt Set Words, and Excaliburn. Thank you so much for allowing us to talk about your stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first story we are going to be talking about th- this week is uh, by Stuck in Breda Factory with their story. Um, which was a, a close submission. <laughs> if we had uh, started in the morning, we might not have made it in. So, yeah. close call. <laughs> but, um, sorry, I don't mean to, to call out anyone specifically. For the record, if I was submitting stories to do the right thing, I definitely mm-hmm. would be doing them like Last the minute. hour of recording for sure yeah maybe even posting in it fact, after we record that is kind of literally what we've done a lot of the time to, to <laughs> yeah. really to literally write the story right before we recorded in fact like mm-hmm. start writing it when we're supposed to be recording and then delayed a bunch because we weren't done <laughs> so yes <laughs> anyway uh, so this story is is, is uh, a cool scene. There's this character Ace at the front door um, of someone's house. They're holding this package and they're clearly like feeling awkward. Um, the door opens and there's this androgynous person and uh, Ace is sort of struggling to um, speak to this person that we sort of understand is is a character that is uh, that is genderqueer in some way. Um, and has like a they them pronouns and according to ace looks feminine but uh prefers mister and ace is just unfortunately confused um but they they do give a genuine try in their narration to to yeah. uh um roll Understand. with it so that's yes that's good but then we get into basically the the book of the conversation where ace presents this package which uh had belonged to um this person's grandfather 
um, and they basically don't know their grandfather anything. But the implication is that Ace killed their grandfather in some war in the past and took uh, their things as trophies. And now, uh, decades after this war is over, they've come to give it back to uh, a descendant family member. And um, the person invites invites them inside to talk about it. And they're clearly like a very chill and cool person. And I don't know, it seems like it will be an interesting conversation. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, yeah, this is a very um, interesting story. Um, I like both of these characters. I think that um, their their dialogue is really individual. You know, you can definitely tell who is who is talking, even without these um, little tags to like let you know. You know, and I think that's just a a testament to how this this dialogue is a pretty well well written. And I do like in 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 the beginning how. How this main main character is trying to grapple with with this with this with this other person's pronouns is telling us a bit about this like main character, maybe even how they view things, right? Um, and you know, I just like really like that that moment. And I think um, as a writer, it is sometimes I guess hard to let your main character be wrong or or not be mm-hmm. con- completely right in a certain uh, in a certain aspect. So I so I did like how that is being portrayed here. Um and, and I do like how um decades later this person is coming back to uh give up these trophies of 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 war. And I think that's a really nice concept that I haven't really seen um too much really. So yeah, overall, I think it's just a really strong story. I, I know that uh, when they go inside for this tea uh, and or coffee, it'll definitely be a very nice and uh, interesting conversation. So overall, really great job. Yeah, um, I do really like the uh, character that shows through in um, the receiver's language, especially like at the end there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the The their dialogue of well ace this sounds very important to an old champion of war like yourself can't say i really knew the guy died when i was six see <laughs> come on in i'll make you a cup of tea and you can tell me all about how you killed my grandfather and took his stuff as a war trophy it's great i loved it yeah. um nice and snappy very cute uh i think <laughs> there, there was a little bit of confusion for me when uh we were first introduced to this character because i didn't mm-hmm. realize what the confusion was coming from and uh, then there was also some dialogue where the, the tag was unusual just because, it, like, when the prison shows up, they go, oh, uh, hello there, guy? And then there's <laughs> she, dot, 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 no, he, question mark, said. And I, I think I just, like, had trouble reading that in flow, which I totally understand. I mean, that's his yeah. thought process, and I think it's it's well conveyed through this, like, breaking from normal grammar and stuff, and I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if, like italicizing it would have been better or not maybe. because or, or like maybe priming the audience on this sort of stuck in this main character's head stream of uh, well there's a bit consciousness flow that bleeds over in to the prose you know yeah there's a little bit before it um the the second paragraph starts off with an, an icebreaker question mark no comma no mm-hmm. jokes so I, I it is there um i think it, when it was just I think I just ended up being confused a little bit. And maybe it's just like, just me uh, reading it while I was tired. Um, and so probably you'd want to get feedback from one or two other people before like actually you know, changing things. But um, 
I'm not entirely sure how to change that, to be honest. So I don't know if I'm doing my job really well, but <laughs> it, like how to change it while still keeping the like what it is, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Well, I would like, honestly, I would say that if this aspect of of the pros, it being within this 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 main uh, character's head, who does sort of go back and forth on like what to say next and like what to think next, maybe having that be longer sections to where we get more from this main character to where we can understand that this is their thought process and how it is working within the pros. By doing that, I feel that those moments would have less confusion because the audience is well um, aware that this is how this story is being written and this is how it's going to unfold, you know? Sure. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't want them to like, I think that they have to put in like that much more because it's like, there's already a bit, you know? Um, And I'm not entirely sure how to balance it. And I, I think maybe another solution would just be to like add more dialogue tags through that little dialogue just because the first one was a little confusing and then the other ones don't have it. Normally that's fine because you've already like established it, but because the first one was a little confusing, I like stumbled and I was confused. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe just like the next dialogue she says, which is just, or, oh my God, I'm misgendering this character that like doesn't, (laughs) what the fuck? God, I fucking hate Live long long enough to become the villain. I know, yeah. Anyway, this character, um, their next line is just um, that they want to be referred to as Mr. So this is another way. Just (laughs) Anyway, uh, having the dialogue tag of like the person in the doorway set or something like that, um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to Ace. Anyway, that's what I have to say about the story. Yeah, but but either way, really, really great story, and I think yeah, maybe going back to this and like working on it further can really uh, iron out those those bits, but really create even a better story. So really great job, stuck in Reddit Factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and up next is by Jarby Jazz with a perfectly ordinary hole in the floor, which is a fun title. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a continuation of the series with um, uh, SD. And uh, this police chief and they're finding like necromancers and such. They've just broken into uh, a barn where they think there's some necromancy. Um, and the um, captain, sorry, not chief, uh, hands uh, SD a knife to prepare for like a fight. They get in there. They find this this necromancer who is uh, working on bringing a ho- dead horse back to life. And Captain Harris says, you're under arrest. Uh, she protests and says, why would I be under arrest? I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, yes, I'm bringing a horse back to life, but it's just to do, you know, uh, farm work. It's not actually like a, a monster, like, you know, that actually kills people. And mm-hmm. Captain Harris is just so upset by, um, someone bringing things back from the dead and that, you know, knowing that it's inevitably going to lead to people dying or connecting it to the process, he decides to attack her right now and put her down. And uh, Essie this whole time is sort of actually thinking, hmm, it's not such a bad idea to do some necromancy this way. I don't know if I agree, Captain Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, that the scene ends where that fight starts. 
Yeah, so I uh, really do. I really do like this um, section of this story. Um, leading up to this point, both of these characters have definitely been on the same page. So I think this is definitely that moment where um, this buddy cop duo sort of die diverges. You know, to where now they might both have different views on the same situation right so so i think yeah this is a really nice change in this mm -hmm. um story I, I know that was something that we were that we were really um talking about last time on how like a story like this does need to e evolve to at not some only point, stay yeah. yeah at 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 some point not only to stay uh, interesting but to also sort of continue this story to where we're not staying in the same limbo right mm -hmm. so i really like the function of this piece within this this wider story of course the um dialogue is still really strong the action is still really strong um and yeah i i do like how we are still we still exploring the uh, functionality of um, not only this magic, but how this this world works. How this um, police chief is really quick to prosecute someone for doing th this this magic, even if it is for good reasons, right? So yeah, I just think this 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 definitely does bring up a um, a lot of things. It really does deepen. Um, this this world and it does deepen these characters so yeah i am definitely looking forward to a future entry but i think that right now this story is going on a really strong path um that is not only different from what has came be before but yeah it's just um improving on uh what is what is already good within it yeah um as um ace of swords says in a uh comment i i think definitely uh, Harris is like going a little too strong here. I think if he, uh, if it was rewritten to instead of being, uh, I need to kill you right now to just, I need to, to bring you into custody. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's still mm -hmm. wrong. And it doesn't matter if it's, if it's doing good. Um, yeah, I need to, I need to bring you into custody. I think that would be, that's all the edits you have to do really to, to make this more in line with like the character and believable. I mean, Jarvis Jazz talks about how they wrote it at 11 PM when they have work at 5 AM um smart yeah which is so it's totally understandable that they probably took some shortcuts and in, in, in the thought process and stuff mm -hmm. um also i mean i think it's really cool that you took the time to write a story when you didn't have that much time i think that's really good for you and um thank you so yeah. um <laughs> uh, i think also making the necromancer more aware that it's seen as wrong i think also might help of mm -hmm. because esty is very much a like kind of person that's like i don't understand why people think that bodies are gross you know so we kind of already have that character and i think having um a sort of this isn't what it looks like kind of thing going on i think is a very good way to have this sort of like this is a misunderstanding and then the cop being like no it's not you gotta go to jail right now you know so um, mm -hmm. just some options to, to think about. but And then maybe there's a reason that this necromancer has to stay out of jail. You know, maybe if they go to jail, mm -hmm. another rival uh, flesh crafter is going to execute them or whatever. So uh, just some options. Um, but yeah. I really like what you wrote here. And I think um, this is a, a good thing to be trying out. Yeah, very much so. I think definitely adding that um, 
agency within this necromancer can really make this this scene. Um, I would almost liken it to when a bootlegger gets caught. Mm-hmm. You know, how they know what they're doing is bad, but what they're actually doing is not that bad, you know, so it's mm-hmm. so it's that very middle ground place. And I think if this scene really did operate within that gray area, we we would, as a reader, be, be able to both uh, align with... with um, SD and this cop character. Um, but yeah, overall, really, really, really great job. And I'm looking forward to what you come up with next. Yep. What's the next story? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the next one is by Nick Yu with Fly. Um, so basically, so we have this main character named Fly uh, flying to confront this other sort of superhero named Chevalier um, who had attacked members of... Uh, Fly's group, who had apparently, as we discover in their conversation, uh, about to sort of do an initiation ritual that involved cannibalism, I think, of humans nice. or something. Um, so as we get... Uh, so basically, they, they start talking in the air, but basically getting ready for a fight before it eventually does break into a fight. But before then, they sort of go back and forth about the, the politics, where Chevalier is sort of naive, but she believes that they should, these super-powered chimeras or whatever they are, need to work with humans, um, while the, I think they're, they're, there's, there's multiple super tribes of chimeras, and, um, one of them is closer to the humans, which is where Chevalier's from, and the rest are against them and want to stay away from them, and basically, Chevalier is messing with their internal politics, and, maybe will cause a civil war between the sewer tribes just because she doesn't want the humans to be mad at them. And it's it's cool to have that sort of back and forth. There's It seems like neither of them is entirely right, um, but neither... Mm-hmm. I mean, Chevalier's probably a little bit more right, but also in a naive way. And um, I like how um, how pissed off the, the main character is, how vitriolic <laughs> he is about it. I, I think it comes across really well and believable of how he just, like, hates this child for messing with things beyond her understanding. And basically, they get into a, a fight, and he really, like, messes her up, but leaves her to, to live in the end. Yeah, yeah. So I I really do like this story. I mean, it's definitely ripe with this uh, world building. I, I like the separate tribes, and I like how they sort of sit closer to, to humans versus very distant um, and yeah, I, I really do like the section about how they're just talking uh, politics and how you can definitely see how how both of them believe within their own goals. You know, um, it feels very grounded. Right. And uh, it definitely does explain why th- this fight has has to happen. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the drawing point of of this for me. It's just building this sort of wider world, you know, slowly and slowly, while still giving us pretty solid characters. So overall, yeah, I just really like like this piece, and um, yeah, I would I would just love to maybe see more from from the this world, or just you know a um a deeper depth within this world building because it's very 
interesting mm-hmm. so really great job nick to you yeah i like this history of this sort of like cultural traumatic event involving a sewer prince that basically mind controlled all of them uh, made them like slaughter humans and then when the sewer prince died they sort of just had to deal with the aftermath and mm-hmm. basically were slaughtered in turn even though they didn't actually have agency um and how they're all kind of dealing with that in different ways i think that's really interesting um, but yeah, really great job. And thank you so much for submitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and up next is by Matt Said Words with the Emperor of Ice Cream. So finally, we get a we get a full rundown yeah, of that poem. Finally. We really appreciate that message word. Sorry for our, our terrible confusion about this this poem. Um, and I, I do appreciate it. This is a, um, a continuation of that series about the uh, murder on Mars and the sort of back and forth politics. And uh, this one takes place mostly in the perspective of the Mars AI, basically the Olympus Mons AI, uh-huh. um, or OMA, I think is OMI. Oh um, so it's it's a super intelligent AI, like how it's d- described. And basically, we go through different scenes where it sort of understands, or different scenes with other characters that we already know um, or related to them, basically as they progress the, the plot a bit more um i don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of it but basically yeah we get a bit further of um in more complications arising of uh this this like report of this murder maybe being passed on to the president uh who is the one that uh did the murder so maybe he like knows about it and every of these sections starts off with a bit of poetry that i think is sort of related to the scene or at least as a whole does um, we see that the Omai is sort of beginning to understand what's going on, even though it's like not a human AI. It's very much like a problem-solving kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see another scene where uh, the president dumps the body of the guy he murdered into the the water supply, which is extremely <laughs> limited. Which is like, God damn it! And then the <laughs> final scene that we get is um, one of the other characters that we had before, Beryl, uh, splashing her face. Uh, you know, wasting water just to feel okay. She drinks some water, and it tastes like blood. She's <laughs> just like, Oof. oh my god, this is terrible. And that's the the end of Act One. Yeah. So I yeah I I think that this definitely does um, not only give us a lot of information about this this world, but it still does pro progress this this story, which I think was a really nice nice balance struck. Um, I really do love the beginning and the description of this um, of this AI, how its data is built up, making it its eyes and like how every piece of like tech is being added to it to make it greater. I just think it's a um, really nice image that is that's being built there. Um, and I think that the addition of these uh, poetic uh, sentences, is really nice um and i think most of them do line up very well with uh, what is being said within that uh, that section um i do feel that you know there are a few moments where it doesn't fully line up and it's really hard to see how that sentence has re relation to the story that we are reading but i think you know definitely going back and just like looking at it um, again, and um, making sure that these lines are purposeful and and not just for for flair can can really uh, 
fix up that personal con- confusion that um, I saw in it. But I mean, overall, really great. It is pushing this story forward while also just really giving us great depth as to where this this world started and, and like where it's going and just the tr- the tra- trajectory of this story so really great job matt matt said words really like this one yeah i i like the perspective of the the ai i like how it is it is very intelligent but it's uh also is not intelligent in the human way um mm-hmm. so i like that it was both like very powerful and limited um which i is a perspective that we only see some of the time and also the the blood being found in the water is is, is quite a moment That's fun um and also, I totally understand why you are taking a break from the story as you've been doing it for a while. That is extremely valid. And mm-hmm. I mean, if Fair. you don't want to, re- if you don't want to eventually return the story, that's totally fine. Um, but I think it's cool. It's a cool one. So yeah. But you know, I I have found that sometimes to make a story better, you really do have to step away from it Mm -hmm. and and let it breathe let your mind breathe and then when you come back to it you will have those new eyes to where you can truly see where the weak points of it are so yeah stepping uh uh stepping away from a piece is just as valid and just as beneficial as working on it day in and day out so Mm -hmm. do you Uh, Well, all right. Our last story for this week is by Excalibur uh, with an untitled story. Um, I guess poem. Yeah, it's a a short poem um, which they formatted uh, in a table, which is, uh, I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, It uses a lot of alliteration. Basically, uh, it's about, it's, it's, should I just read it? Because it is, I mean, it's short enough to just read. It's pretty short, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll just read it. their poem was, The crude chips are callously carved From a champion's weary and waning will Warily charged with warding They bear witness to wet barbarity My bloody prize, born to a bundle Of like tokens, taken listlessly mm, So it seems to I me um, about uh, some sort of uh, conflict And basically... Um, like the reward not being worth the the conflict. That's sort of how I'm taking it. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is. I definitely should have done more analysis before we started recording. And I, I apologize that apologize for that, Excalibur. But um, I, I I think there's probably multiple ways to f- get meaning from this, which is really uh, the best thing of of a poem. So I think that's really good. Um, I, the emphasis here I think is on alliter- alliteration. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is definitely a good way to to add meaning into a poem and sort of create connections between um, different in the same way that rhyming sort of became uh, it's not just like a for flow it's also to connect different concepts together generally um, and I think there's definitely uh, some use of alliteration f- to that same purpose. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that this this poem is, of course, pretty tight. I um, do like how this central conflict uh, throughout this uh, this poem, we, we see how this conflict has tired out this champion and how even though the the reward seems very bountiful, it 
as you said, doesn't measure up to the effort that was that was put into this um, bar bear system, right? And of course, I think that you know there are different ways to like to really read this this poem. There are different uh, settings that um, you could possibly put this in, whether it's a real fight, whether it's a whether it's a metaphorical fight. I just think that you know this this poem does feel quite um, universal, and um, yeah, I, I just think it's a, a really solid piece. It it really does hit home on that. Uh, alliteration and yeah it was a really fun read so thank you very much uh x excalibur for giving us a very uh interesting piece this week yeah i'm actually looking at some of the comments of people like offering interpretation and excalibur and actually giving their own interpretation um which theirs was uh formed after composition so i think that's really cool that they wrote this poem not kind of knowing what it was supposed to be about which i think is like that sounds like like a not good thing, but I think it's it is it is and can be a totally good thing. Uh, I mean, poetry is about feeling a lot of the time, and it, the interpretation is kind of what matters more than anything else. So if you can yeah. get meaning from it, then you succeeded, you know. Um, but uh, they say that their own interpretation was that there was a physically strong person being attacked in a non-physical way that prompted them to defend their attack attacker and gave the chancer gave the attacker a chance to do more the attacker is a person that does not particularly care about the process of destroying uh this um victim um and they did also like uh massive words interpretation that the strong person and the attacker are one and the same um which i think yeah i think that's those are some really cool interpretations and i can see how those are in there yeah yeah but thank you so much for submitting your story um and all right uh that's all of the listener submitted stories for this week thank you so much for submitting your story and we would like to give a big old do the right thing thank you to everyone who did submit their story so thank you very much to stuck in reddit factory and thank you so much to ace of sword Thank you, Jarby Jazz. Thank you, Glittering Coast. Who was the... Well, actually, is that something I should call out? I, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. That they said that they didn't <laughs> want to read it on the podcast. I don't know. I just kind of appreciate that that's, someone did it. Um, yeah. You know, you kind of broke it. the ice on that. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought it was a good story. So, you know, I guess I just want to say that just because it's not being read on the podcast does not mean that it was not a good story. I do wonder if we should have, like, if we should assume that people who don't want their story read on the podcast don't want it talked about on the podcast. I don't, that's probably not necessary, right? Because, like... Yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, because... Which is not the reason that we didn't read... The Glittering Coast story. Yeah, that is just we we just wanted to read five. Draw, yeah. Talk about five. I mean, but yeah, I I I'm I'm assuming that if they don't want it to be read on the podcast, that doesn't necessarily mean that they don't want it to be talked about. Yeah, I feel like, but mo- I don't know, yeah. if if they've posted it, they probably do want us to talk about it. I I don't think there's been a single person that said don't talk about this on the podcast before. So yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I guess that's for next time. But anyway, we appreciate you sending in your story later in Coast, even if you uh, didn't feel that, like, you wanted it to be read. Um, I am still glad to have read it, but not out loud. Yeah. 
Exactly. And anyway. uh, also, thank, also thank you to Nick to you. Uh, thank you to Matt Said Words. And thank you to Blarry345. And lastly, uh, thank you for joining us, Excaliburn underscore. Yes, thank you so much. And of course, we Wait, would like I to say I kind of like thank- that. Sorry, I kind of like that as a... As like an epithet uh, name, like um, what's the other one? You know, like, my name is Excaliburn underscore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Esquire, that's the one. Esquire. I have don't. I have no idea what Esquire means. Uh, it is. I think it's the um official like position term for someone who is a lawyer. I think. Huh. Well. I think so. T I L. And and yeah. Uh, also, we would like to say thank you to everyone who uh, leaving who left a comment, leaving comment not only under your own story but under someone else's story. Not only compiles all of your own thoughts so that everyone can see how you feel about your own story, but you you are also providing someone else with great feedback that can only aid them in making their piece better. So. Thank you very much to Matt Set Words, Nick U, Glittering Coast, and Jarby Jazz. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Uh, yeah, we always really, really appreciate that. If you want to be like all these wonderful writers um, and commentators, uh, commentators, commenters, commenters, uh, you can go to slash r slash do the right thing and write your story. All you have to do is set a 30-minute timer and use three of the four words said at the end of the podcast. Exactly. And if you want to hear next week's words as soon as possible, you can do that by following us on Twitter at at RightThingCast. Um, we post uh, once a week with all of the great words with just enough time for you to get your story in. And remember, uh, we are now recording the podcast on Tuesday. So mm-hmm. thankfully... You should have the entire weekend and Monday to get your story in. Uh, that's right. Um, yeah, make sure to get it in by Monday night to be guaranteed that you'll be on the podcast. If you do submit Tuesday, uh, if it's early in, in our day, which is uh, we live in Texas, so that time zone, um, then... The Texas one? Yeah, in Texas time. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Texas could totally have a time zone just to itself. That, yeah, that's the kind of one. state that we are. Anyway... Mm-hmm. Uh, so long as it is um, somewhat in the morning, you're likely to be on, but it, it does get riskier as the hours go by. So, Yeah, uh, and if you want to support us and everything else in Doof Media, you, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you, all you have to do is donate $5 or more per month to be able to vote in all upcoming Doof events. And by donating $10 or, or more per month, you will get exclusive, a- you will get, uh, you will get exclusive access <clears throat> to exclusive bonus content, including the latest episode of Doof Over and Do the Right Thing After Dark. Uh, that's right. That's a new thing that we're going to be doing where we post some of the talk that we have before our podcast. I think we might put out our first one this week. Uh, no guarantee, but I think it was good enough. Um, yeah, it was, it was decent. Regardless, there's always so much else going on at Doof Media. There was also uh, a Doof and Chill, which is available at the $5 level, um, <laughs> this last weekend where, um, I believe it was Matt, Ruben, Elliot, and, oof, it was one of the Pale and Comparison folk... Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't remember which which one was on. Oh no, I I'm very very sorry. But 
one of one one of them was on, and it was really really cool seeing how they, uh, how she interacts with everyone else, um, in a strange video game context context, which was um, I forget the name of it, but it was basically a game where you have to stressfully uh build a train track as a train uh goes across it, so it's a oh, fun little fun little game, um, and the next month uh uh where um. Jenny and Malia will have basically a get-to-know-you session um, later this month. Uh, the day is on the calendar. But most importantly, the last thing I, I want to mention is that both the uh, Doof Book Club and the Doof Game Club are this uh, next the end of, the, of this week. So that's really, really cool. Um, the Game Club will be on Doom, actually. I, I don't know if you knew that, Jarvis. Oh, nice. The mm-hmm. uh, new Doom? I think it is the 2016 one, but I think Elliot is playing all of the Dooms. So, okay. not, I mean, Man, not all that, like, of them. Doom soundtrack. Oof. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I started playing it too recently. Um, so it's been, oh, it's nice. been a lot of fun. And if you haven't played What's it, it's really good. What's your favorite weapon so far? Um, the, uh, the energy gun, the, the submachine gun, basically, that one. Okay, yeah. It just does so much damage. It runs out of, of ammo fairly quickly, but it's a yeah. lot of damage. Yeah, that is that is why I'm a huge fan of the uh, shotgun with that like charge shot. Mm-hmm. Oof. Wait, blow through everything. Oh, I guess I, I I haven't used the normal the charged normal shotgun. I've used the explosive one, but I haven't done the normal one. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, thankfully, Doom is is the is a perfectly built game. To where you can pretty much use any weapon to a good amount. Yeah, of some of them I, I don't. The pistol. I don't like some of them. Yeah, I don't understand the pistol. I I was meaning to ask people in the Discord if it's viable at all in any way, but the pistol is great when you run out of all of your ammo. <laughs> Even then, like I would rather just run until I get ammo. Like it's yeah. it's it feels like and a waste also, of time. I, I, I think with the charge shot uh, on the pistol, it's not awful. And if you get, it's not awful, and and if you get a headshot and maybe like a couple of those, you can pretty much um get most enemies. To no, where, like, I don't you, even you can think just run so. Up and, and, and punch them. Well, I mean, I think you could get like the the weaker ones, but not even. You, you can get the grunts. You you can get the bigger ones, not like the fat guys. No, no, yeah. no, no. Um, but. Like, I would say more than half the pistol is viable. Um, but, you know, of course, for for the for the bigger guys, just break out the, you know, BFG and just... <laughs> anyway, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the book club, uh, which um, is... What day is it? Mm. Uh, the book club, which will the book club, which will be on Friday, um, July second at nine thirty p.m. Central Time, is on Foucault's Pendulum, uh, which I don't know anything about, but it seems really really cool after uh, reading the the summary. Anyway, regardless, that's the cool things going on at Doof Media, and of course, there's always uh, all our other podcasts. If you haven't already, if you have read Pact or are considering read it, uh, you could read it alongside um, Molly and Jenny as they go through uh, Pact after reading Pale. Uh, in Pale in Comparison. They also bring in their mom to uh, comment on Wild Bo's story. It's really, really cool. 
Nice, nice. We're all right. I think it's high time to roll on into next week's words. Uh, that's right. Do you want to roll the words? Because I didn't. I, I already got them. Uh, so, next week's words are scan, net, thoughtful, and burial. And I think this is the last week in June, right? So, does that mean that next week we need a new theme? Um... I think we'll just do that next episode. I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> cool. So, so next week will be the very last week of our June prompt, which is villains. So, get all of your villainy. Cluster it all up. Let it fester and boil over. Mm-hmm. And insert that fiery goo into one last fantastic story all about your favorite villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was What was the words again? I'm sorry. Scan, net, net, thoughtful, and burial. Uh, that's right. So, uh, scan as into how would you describe that? It's, it's scan like, is to survey a scenery, a set of data. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, usually just in to, a visual sense, but not yes. always. Not always, like, you know, because you can do like a body scan, a X-ray scan. I mean, but those are also visual and some. They, they involve True. light, at least, is what mm-hmm. I guess yeah. what I'm trying to get at. Oh, I guess you could do an auditory scan. That would feel a little weird. Echolocation scan, I could believe. Anyway, to go over a large amount of information to usually looking for specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, a net, which is uh, what we use to uh, catch fish. <laughs> yes. But specifically, it's like a bunch of cords um, formed in a grid pattern that yeah. uh, lets some things through, like water, but not other things. Also, you can also surf the net. Yeah, the internet, which is uh, a name for <laughs> it's named for the internet, <laughs> the but internet. it's but the reason that it's called a net is because it's a metaphor for how it all works, where every single like node is connected to all the other ones, sort of making like a web, like a worldwide web. Which is also oh. kind of like a net. Um, you could also have like a basketball net. You got so mm-hmm. many options. Uh, yeah. A burial, which is uh, generally in the context of uh, burying someone that is dead, right? Putting them into the ground and covering it with dirt. But you could also do it with mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. Um, and the last one, uh, thoughtful, which is to full of thought. Yeah, have to have shown that you have taken the time to think about something for someone generally. I think that is generally how we use the term. Yes. So, Alex, what story are you going to write next week? Good question. So I'm going to scan the net uh, starting right off for some some cool story ideas. I'm going to look for... um, cool burials on the internet i'm gonna scan it for burials on the internet and then i will thoughtfully not write a story about burials on the internet because that seems like a not kind thing to do instead i will uh close my laptop okay nice (laughs) I enjoy that. Yep, there we go. <laughs> um, so 
my story next next week takes place in the distant future of 3077 where there is no longer this physical tangible corporeal dimension of existence but we are all beyond that we have transcended physical sensory and have fully connected to the net now we are all just beings of sentience and thought and based off of how thoughtful one is within their own self-worth and their own existence decides their power and approval within the wider net um and basically life is simply about scanning the the net for like nodes and comparing and and contrasting your existence to theirs um similar on how you download and upload information um and another aspect of it is when one's sentience has reached its end whether it be by choice or by being forced out of of the net by another net user um, they have a proper burial, which is simply turning off the 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 nodes that that they uh, acquire and and letting that space that they used to and letting that space that used to to contain them go dead and become dead nodes. I think that's beautiful. Thank you, thank you. It's it's honestly the the world that I um. Hope to live in one day. Is this uh, another branch of Weekend City? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. This is the um, fourth city of uh, Weekend City. We have Waif, Weekend, uh, Crow, uh, Crowford, and The Net. Um, yep. Yep. And I think... Um, the Net is the right thing to do. Goodbye. That's the right thing to do. Bye. Happy 4th of July. Yeah.